we're two writers with a lot of questions. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Bryn. And we're two writers with a lot of questions. So to answer those questions, we're inviting fellow writers to come talk to us about their work. And other stuff. Welcome to Shitty First Drafts. Welcome to the pod, episode Welcome. five. We are so excited because today we have Erin Elizabeth Smith, mentor, foodie, kitten. Friend. <laughs> Friend, yes. Um, and this is an extra special episode because we are recording off-site. On location. On, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> We're recording on location at the infamous Aaron Elizabeth Smith home where many parties have occurred, where friendships have become stronger mm-hmm. and where... Mm-hmm. Or weaker. Or weaker. And people have fallen into ponds. Legend has yeah, it. Yeah, I've slept on that couch right over there. This is fascinating for people who have, have never been here before. Yeah, it's a, for the video component of our podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's that one right yeah. over there. Yeah. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? <laughs> um, anyway, we're just really excited because uh, Aaron is such a good friend and um, a beacon in the poetry community. So we are really stoked to get to talk to her about um, her poems yeah, and her you, career. You may remember that in episode three, Alyssa... Um, talked about being in Aaron's class and yes. read a poem that she wrote in Aaron's class. Yeah, so this is really coming full circle. Yeah, which is so nice. Erin <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Smith is the creative direct- creative director at the Sundress Academy for the Arts and the managing editor of Sundress Publications and The Wardrobe. She is the author of two full length collections: The Naming of Strays from Goldwake in 2011. And The Fear of Being Found from Three Candles 2007. Her third collection, Down, the Alice Poems, will be released by Agape Editions in 2019. Her poems have appeared in numerous journals, including Ecotone, Mid-American, Crab Orchard Review, Cimarron Review, and Willow Springs, among others. She holds a PhD in creative writing from the Center for Writers at the University of Southern Mississippi and teaches in the English Department at the University of Tennessee. In 2007, Erin Elizabeth Smith was inducted into the East Tennessee Writers Hall of Fame. And I was there. Because <laughs> I'm a pal. And then anyway, I had tacos. And then we had tacos. <laughs> it was amazing in our fancy dresses. Um, hi. Hi. It's so nice to be in my own home. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cozy and comfortable. Yay. And in return, we get to eat delicious food and hang out with your kittens. They are it's kittens. the best transaction I've ever made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to post a picture of the kittens. Oh my gosh. Very important. Obviously. Good luck. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, no. <laughs> True. That, yeah, we'll see if anything actually, any of those pictures actually turned out. Anyway. <laughs> So hi. Hi. It's so nice to be here. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Love with you guys. Yes. It's so fun. So you know the drill, but just in case our listeners don't know the drill, what we're doing today is Erin is going to read one of her earlier poems that she wrote. Poem is such a strong word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Drafts, shall we say. A poem-like draft Mm -hmm. um, that she wrote 19... Yeah, 19 years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow, God, I'm old. Wow. <laughs> I, think, I think that's this is the most old poem we've had. Yeah. I'm the most old person you've had yet. So I no, do. No. Oh, no? 
Second Lance. Lance. Yes! yes. <laughs> Sorry, Thanks, Lance. Thanks, Lance, for being old. <laughs> you know what? Everyone's looking great, though. Mm, I know. Everyone's Just keeping it full, real tight. It's because <laughs> none of them have children. <laughs> anyway, uh, that might be alienating to some of our listeners. Anyway, um, so Anne has brought in an old poem um, from almost 20 years ago, the year 2000, mm-hmm. um, and then she's also brought in a much more recent poem. So we're looking at two separate poems today, and we're going to start with the older one. Okay. Do you want me to read yeah, that? Do, yeah. do, do you well, want a preface of wonder? I, I want to know what <laughs> what Aaron Elizabeth Smith was up to in the year 2000. Well, uh, what surviving were you Y2K. Oh. Uh, that was yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was living in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, don't remember what I was wearing. It was not dresses, so I was very off-brand. Mm. Um, I had just founded Sundress, uh, and I was editing oh, no. Stirring. Yeah. No. So I know, baby Aaron doing the thing. So I was, yeah, I was. Uh, so year- both Sundress and, and Stirring mm-hmm. were in their first year. Yes, first full year okay. at this point in time. So wow. yes, uh, Stirring started in uh, October of 1999, so she turns 20 this year. Woo! And Sundress, uh, January of 2000. So, wow, yeah. so you were just, like, between October and January, you were like, we're going to fucking do it all. Uh, yeah. That's kind of my brand. So. Yeah. This is <laughs> an <laughs> historic occasion. Yeah, truly. We are celebrating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, uh, I don't remember writing this poem. Um, <laughs> you don't remember writing I it. I do not so remember writing it. you can't give us any context of I what you were asking. I cannot. Uh, it was very sad. Yeah. Um, that was just a, the general life. I was living in Rhode Island with my uh, then uh, partner, and I knew literally no one except for him. Oof, so it yeah. was like the whole city, like I, wor- I was working at like 50 hours a week <clears throat> at Hollywood Video oh, as a college dropout. And yeah, so it was a, um, it was an interesting, interesting time. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I was going to ask. So mm-hmm. you weren't in school at nope. this point. No, you... I spent a year, uh, I spent my freshman year at Mary Washington, dropped out of school because a boy cried at me sure. and uh, said I should, we should not have to be long distance. And I'm like, why don't I drop my whole life for uh, this? So, you know, I did so eventually yeah, learn so my So much lessons. to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So, Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, this is, it's, it's, oh. Uh, I was looking at some of my juvenilia. Not all of it was terrible, but I put this one special from the oh, file it's for such y'all. A gift. It's uh, mm-hmm. it really is. Um, so shall shall I read the yes. wonder that is Let's Twilight? Read it. Yes, I know. Twilight. I would like you to know that it was called Twilight before there was a Twilight. Mm. So <clears throat> the apocalypse of time leaves me lingering on bleeding clouds, sensual suns bedding with horizon. I take hold of my hands, praying for stars to explode onto the palette of night so as to wish for you washing over me like wind. But no. Tonight the weeping whippoorwill and chilled twilight are all that embrace. Tonight you are a gossamer moon and memory is a dog-eared page defacing the Bible of time. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was lost in last naps. <laughs> it's deep. Mm-hmm. I like how you say Aaron Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't going, I dropped the Smith at that point in time, so yeah, there was a... So you were, but you were publishing under Aaron I was, yeah, for like the first couple of years, and then I realized that, that, I kept getting a lot of emails, it was like, dear Miss Elizabeth, and I was like, no, this is weird, I don't yeah. like this, so yeah. 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 Um, and it says here that this was previously published in Makata. 
Sure. No idea. Not a clue. <laughs> I didn't. I did not do it's my not research on the CV, to see. If, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not on your fifty-page-long CV. Yeah, don't try to find this poem online. Yeah, yeah. It probably wasn't published online. Yeah. Well, when the internet, great internet crash. Oh no, this would have been after that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm a little bit curious. At this point, you're young Mm -hmm. and you had you taken a poetry class no I was 19 I had not taken a poetry class um, but I'd been writing poetry and like I'd been doing uh we're gonna go back to the AOL days yes I'm so ready yeah I mean if we could get like a you know some sort of modem sound (laughs) inserted here that'd be great I was an Uh, MSN girl myself but I understand what you're saying fair but this was also when you were like two yeah I would have been nine. Thank you very much. Okay, rounded up to nine. So, um, but yeah, uh, I used to compete on uh, these uh, chat room slams, basically. Oh my gosh, no. So where you're like wow. cutting, pasting lines for a poem into a chat room. Wow. I won the Insomniac's Asylum Internet Poetry Slam, AOL Poetry Slam, 16 times. Hell wow. yeah. Boom. So, that on the CV? I know. That it, no, should be. Not, probably not Should be. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so it was basically literally just like uh, typing in these poems. It was random people from the internet. It was judges IMing each other on AOL <laughs> to like determine who the winner was. And Serious. like after I competed a lot, I actually ended up being a mod. So like little 17 year old Aaron oh was gosh. like, had a free AOL account. Amazing. And with as many hours as I wanted the dream. The dream. And uh, yeah, so I was, uh, so I ran that for a couple oh. years and then actually Sundress did an online slam for a little while for our very first year wow, so online slam so yeah. wait when you say you won 16 does that like were they like monthly things or? uh weekly weekly yeah okay so, so there was, were, yeah it was like I think it was Sunday nights and mm. you know I had my like you know I was very much the computer geek that like had yeah. my dedicated phone line that I paid for out of my like allowance money and mm-hmm. all of that fun stuff mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a thing. But yeah, I mean, uh, and that's, like, I started uh, Sundress shortly thereafter, or stirring shortly thereafter, and was uh, doing, yeah. like, coding and all of that sort of stuff. So, like, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, my coding skills are still stuck in 1999. <laughs> but! <laughs> you know what? You make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess what I was asking with the, the question about, like, poetry classes is yeah. how, where did you, how did you get into poetry? I got in I'd always been writing so like even when I was like super young I, I like I, I remember I still still have deep anger about <laughs> I wrote two stories one was about horses and one was about friendship and my friend in second grade Robin Saxon if you're out there I'm calling you out uh <laughs> I gave her my one of the stories. I can't remember which one it was, and that was the one that won like the second grade story <gasps> thing. And I was like, no. "Oh no, Robin!" Very upsetting. Very, Very upsetting. upsetting. So, but yeah, no, I'd also I've been you know in like fourth grade I was writing the great American novel sure, and shit. Sure. So yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, as yeah, it were, yeah, but. Yeah, track. Um, but I moved into poetry in high school and... Because um, you were feeling your feelings. Uh, always. I'm a Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's... Uh, but yeah. You already hit. You started writing <laughs> Yeah, poems. I was like, yes, it. got it. So, uh, and making bad decisions all around the same time. So, yeah, tracks. Uh, yeah, so I um, I started reading a lot of contemporary work. Like, you know, the early my stuff earlier than this was, um, you know, it was a lot of rhyming and a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. And then I read... Um, my boyfriend at the time gave me uh, was re- I don't know whose po- po- poetry book it was. It was some old white dude. But sure. It was still somebody who was like contemporary. It was somebody like a Robert Hoss or a um, you know uh, Merwin or somebody of that sort. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading that and like my whole brain like reshifted. Like it was wow. just like 
oh, fuck, poetry isn't like this. It's like this. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do that. And so instead of being all about like hearts and souls and whatnot, right. it was about like grounded imagery and doing interesting things and then some more experimentation and rhyme just kind of like poof, disappeared yeah. and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. And it was really just kind of like a trigger switch, just like one thing. It was just like, boop, and there I am. I am now awesome. a poetry sleeper agent, uh, yeah. awake and alive. <laughs> <laughs> so That's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was a lot of, uh, you know, really playing with like grounded imagery, thinking mm-hmm. about, um, my own like, you know, experience growing up, uh, you know, in you know, in, uh, South Carolina being what, like, especially after I moved out of the South, like yeah. that became really defining for me mm-hmm. for a long time. I think less so now that I've moved back to it, but, right. um, but I always felt very other. There was a lot of like, did you have electricity? Right. Did you wear shoes? You know, we won the war. And I'm like, bitch, my family's from Pennsylvania. Like, yeah. it's like not, I get, I, yes, I, yes, we do have all of those things. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of, yeah, so uh, a lot of the stuff was kind of dealing with kind of like, you know, I also grew up like an abusive household mm-hmm. and like my family uh, was in recovery and mm-hmm. grown up with like around uh, a lot of uh, drug culture and that sort of stuff. So like a lot of that was kind of like the early poems were kind of ju- dealing with that. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then I mean, and then this one obviously is just kind of like love poem, I miss you sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. This one, you know, what's funny is that it's not that bad, but. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm Aaron just saying. just gave Stephanie a look. <laughs> like, when you were reading it out loud, maybe it's because your poem voice just transfixed me. But I was like, yeah, this sounds like a poem. Poem as fuck, you know? Like, <laughs> but, but there's, like, there are so many words in this poem that you have probably told me straight up never to use <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i the, i feel like now that's coming from a deep place of shame mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not wrong um if my students saw this poem they would be like me cut all those ing's mm-hmm. and like what about present tense and you have of time twice mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's intentional mm-hmm. and yeah and like so. what does a weeping whippoorwill look I, like i don't know but it's a lot of syllables it's i would a, definitely be like know, wordy it's so. a lovely word yeah so is gossamer mm, oh yeah i love poem words like that i was gonna so. say it feels like it's very chock full of poem words mm-hmm. like it's very you're like what if I put all the poem words mm-hmm. together? Does that make a poem? While reading through the <laughs> earlier poems, I found not once, but two times me using the word sepulcher. Oh sepulchre. my god! <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm confident I tried to write a poem with mm-hmm. Sepulchre. Yeah. Because yes. yeah. you're mm-hmm. like, I learned this fancy word. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what that word means. It's like some Yates shit. Like, I've yeah, never tried is. to use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a tomb. So, or like a Yeah, it's like a tomb. really fancy yeah. tomb. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe I have heard that. Mm-hmm. Probably. You could yeah. just say tomb. It's a much nicer, it s- it's a good sounding word. Yeah. Tomb. Mm-hmm. Tomb. Yeah. Boom. Anyway, <laughs> we just wrote a poem. Whoops. Hey, amazing. Um, yeah, and I, you kind of started to chuckle a little bit at the sensual sun's bedding. Oh, <laughs> oh. You know, it got sexy there for a sec. Yeah, you know? it's definitely very... 19-year-old Aaron had a lot of sexy feels. So yeah, is, under- yeah. I mean, are the stars going to explode onto the palette of night? Oh, are they? I mean, <laughs> are they? That is always I need chapter two. <laughs> Maybe I really was on something with this whole Twilight thing. So, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think you. No, I, I think just popped a fucking vampire in there and cashed in. I so. was gonna say, mm-hmm. I think um, what's their bucket? 
Stephanie, what's her name? Stephanie Meyer. Meyer uh, read this poem when it was published in Makata. And I was like, <laughs> ah, I have an idea for a book. <laughs> I, I see, feel it. I, so. think, I think it's um, direct from you. Um, okay. So we you kind of touched on this a little bit when, when talking about like being in a long-term relationship and this like very much it's, it's filled with the yearning and desire, this poem. Um, did you, when you were younger, even maybe more generally than just this one poem, but when you were younger and writing poems, did you go to a poem with an idea in mind? Like, were you trying to accomplish a thing or was it more just like something spilling out of you? I think it's always been something spilling out. So like sometimes there might be an image or a line or something that's like anchoring that, but mm-hmm. I, it's never like, okay, today I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write about how much I'm sad about this thing. Sure. It's like, or it's always how sad I am about something. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't require a lot of planning. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What am I sad about today? Okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can usually see my world through this, and that's actually one of the things that I don't like about this this poem Mm. is that you don't like. There's like a whippoorwill, but a lot of the stuff is like in the abstraction, and like it it could kind of be anybody anywhere. Whereas there's nothing really placing you exactly, and so that that to me I think became something that I really connected much more with. So Mm. um, I think it's you know like if you read the work that I'm doing now like you can basically like map my house yeah so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah when in my uh forthcoming book the um I had to like go into the like check how many times words were used over the course of it and it was like porch was like 15 times and I <laughs> was like out. <laughs> you're like not gonna remove any of those mm-hmm. yeah now it's a deck so <laughs> sure, yeah. Thesaurus, but, yeah. yeah that's funny well, and it, it, it makes sense, too, because if you're trying to get into the um, sort of, like, emotional landscape mm-hmm. that you would then also map out the physical landscape, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Yeah, it's there are a lot of abstractions here. The apocalypse of time, I mean, right? is how we yeah. open it. And I'm like... Yeah, you like that. That is grand. <laughs> grandiose, one you might even say. That's I funny. like the Bible of time. Sure, yeah. I mean, they're head-to-head here. You Bible know, One at the beginning, one right? at the end. Two... Two greats going at it. <laughs> That's not what I mean. That's okay. not what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but even then, the apocalypse yeah, is still in, is. Your, in your in your uh, mind. Yeah. I, well, I think yeah. Just thinking about like, because I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I have no idea what this is about. Like, right. I definitely feel like I had a crush on somebody. Sure. Um, and was sad. That's, I'm going to guess. Uh, but yeah, but it doesn't like, whereas other stuff like I look at and I'm like, oh yeah, like I was living in that apartment. I was like really obsessed right. with like, like the apartment I was living in at that point in time um, was on a second floor apartment and it looked out over the um, uh, street, not just street lights, but the, um, the go lights. What do they call Traffic lights. There we go. <laughs> the go, go lights. lights. Yes, yes. Hashtag go lights. Um, <laughs> and it is... <laughs> But I would just like be depressed and just like sit in my papa's on chair because it was two thousand. Oh my god! And I had a papa's on chair. I had yeah. a papa's on yeah. chair, and just like watch the streetlights change and like yeah. be like, uh, and so like that's in poems or like you know the sounds from that neighborhood or like the bridge that I drove over, like all of those sorts of things are part of it. So, yeah. um, and then yeah, and then uh, apparently then this happened. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always feel like that's kind of where it starts with poems. Like you, you almost feel like you need to only talk about grandiose kind of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of something a lot of people do in the beginning. Yes. But once you get down to it, I mean, it's almost like, you know, songs where you're like, what makes a good song? And it's something that you can like, it's not the most universal. Mm-hmm. It's like the most detailed. 
I think I think within that, like, I feel that way more so even with, like, stand-up comedy. I think, like, that's mm. where, like, when you just, like, talk about the idea of something, it's not funny. It's when you talk about the specifics mm-hmm. of it and dig right. into those sorts and of things. And how you tripped over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think that that's one of the things that when I was teaching, it was one of the bigger hurdles to get over with students that they're like, oh, poetry's about big love, mm-hmm. big moon big sky you know and like yeah sure you can write about those ideas we have to write about them in this like narrow zeroed in way mm-hmm. um so before this podcast when was the last time that you'd read this poem oh i have no idea i don't think it had been opened when i was looking at the files i don't think it had been opened since 2002 so oh my gosh. a, a long, long time. time yeah i'm amazed wow i'm Did amazed you have, you to... have those on your computer <laughs> that's what i was gonna say did you have to go to a external hard drive or anything or is your computer just no but it living? definitely moved from a floppy disk at some point oh my in time wow. <laughs> into something yeah. so, well this explains yeah. a lot <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm glad this poem once existed on a floppy disk yeah oh, that makes me nice. pretty happy to imagine writing poems i mean i i experienced floppy di- disks in my youth but i never really had to save anything important you know it was more yeah. like ripping some game and then saving it up, <laughs> you know like whatever you know magic school bus video game that I wanted yeah, to play. I had a very specific game that sat next to my computer on a floppy disk yeah. that my whole family played what was it it was like some sort of like puzzle game that was sort of like bejeweled or something oh. but it was like more boring with like letter blocks <laughs> yeah 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 that's pretty yeah like candy crush or but like just blocks was it called Tetris? No. Okay. <laughs> it was it was making the blocks disappear by clicking on the like colors. Oh, you oh. Know? Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like making threes and right. fours and yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. <laughs> Did y'all have that game? Let us know. <laughs> In the comments. In the comments. <laughs> um. So I'm curious. I mean, I guess we're talking about a pretty grand um swath of time. That's the weirdest way I could have said that. We're talking about like a long period of time here. Um, And so it might be hard to pinpoint maybe, but is there a moment? So like going from this poem to the way that you write now, what were there, was there a big turning point that you can point to or like maybe several little ones where you're just kind of like turning into the writer that you are now? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, after, uh, after I was done being dropped out of school, I went back and then I never left. Um, so (laughs) you're like, Oh wait, I like it. Yeah, this is great. I love ignoring the real world. Um, and I, uh, I did my uh, undergrad at Binghamton, and uh, I had to, I had some really excellent teachers there, mm. among whom uh, Chad Davidson was really influential in yeah. terms of the ways of like um, the ways that I teach, but also uh, the ways that I wrote at that point. And sure. so, like, really, again, kind of working to ground that reading more, I think, was a major uh, turning point. Um, but I think uh, probably one of the biggest ones. Uh, was in my uh, MFA program, one of my professors asked me once, why is everything you write about over? Mm. Um, mm. And so he was complaining that my work had been really compartmentalized and that I had kind of worked through all of the things and so there wasn't really that kind of surprise in the right. writing. And I never really thought of it that way before. So I was like, okay, that's let's try to write more immediate stuff. So I started <laughs> writing like, you know, these big block poems that I would then like craft into something and that were usually just like tears and sadness and mm-hmm. alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, exactly. That's so. what he asked for. Yeah, yeah. Strife, so. baby. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, and a lot of this, uh, a lot of the stuff that um, came out of that was really uh, transformative for me in terms mm-hmm. of thinking about like how do I write about the things that's in the moment. You know, the the Robert Frost line of like you know no tears on the writer, no tears on the reader. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's also like no surprise in the writer, no surprise in the reader as well. Yeah. So, and I think mm-hmm. that that if you not especially like especially in like poetry and creative nonfiction, like if you're not surprised by where it goes, like if you know it, like you, you stick the landing too perfectly and yeah. it's just, it's not right. And you yeah. know something's off, so. Yeah, it's mm. the, the tied up with a little bow mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, yeah, that just doesn't quite work. That's interesting. I've never thought about that. Don't write about something that's over. Now I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great, I mean, like even if that's the only thing you learned from that professor, that's mm-hmm. an amazing lesson to like look at oh, yeah, I really am, like, I mean, because I think that that instinct to write about things that have a, a quote-unquote solution makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense because it's it's scary to start writing a poem that you don't know. You're like, how, you know, like, what's the resolution? Where do we, where do I go? What's the ending? How does it end? It hasn't mm-hmm. ended for me personally yet, so how do I end it in this poem? Um, but I think that... An ellipsis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But, but I mean, yeah, but that is, it does breathe some life into it if, mm-hmm. if there, if there is some uncertainty or, um, even just, I mean, any of the emotions that go along with like not having a solution mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. so much more <sighs> like life. Fascinating. That sounded so sarcastic. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Truly fascinating. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, teaching, I think a lot of it, that changes your way of writing as well in some mm. regard, because you're constantly, like, whether it's, like, cutting out all of the INGs or putting mm. things in present tense and those kind of ways in which we're talking to our students about it, we're like, oh, shit, I should probably do this myself. Um, yeah. And so a lot of that is, like, fundamental in the ways in which you I You start creating, back. like, a handbook and, mm-hmm. like, do's and don'ts, and they're like, oh. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's any particular not do's or don'ts, but right. certainly there are things that are ways that can be done differently better mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. yeah especially in early early writers mm-hmm. where just kind of learning some of like the ways of like grounding language and thinking about syllabics and you know that kind of basic uh like nuts and bolts so yeah, yeah and I do think I mean you it also is just about like you said reading poems mm-hmm. you know because you're reading even if you're reading the poetry of younger newer mm-hmm. writers that it's still you reading poetry and like seeing things and even if you're seeing things in that like rather than reading like some great writer, you're still mm. seeing things that are happening, and it and it gives you the language that you need to be able to see it in your own writing. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, I was gonna make a joke, but now I forget. <laughs> mm. Man in the mirror. Oh no! I was just gonna say that <laughs> did actually trigger something for me. Wow! Nice. Nice. Amazing. I'm um, done with podcasting. Um, that was it. That was it. That's peak. <laughs> Um, I remember telling my students, well, and it's hard too, because if you're showing them new poems, like whenever I would, um, I would bring them a poem I was really excited about, they, they'd be like, oh, cool. And then they would like steal some move. Mm-hmm. And I brought in this poem, I think it was a Kava Akbar poem, but I can't remember exactly, but it's, and then I started seeing it in all of their poems. And then suddenly I started hearing it in every poem, like from contemporary. And I was like, what, why is everyone? And it's that move where people go, the like the blank of my blank so the like mm-hmm. piano of my heart the you apocalypse know? of time the, well right now but it's like but it's like the the abstraction of my mm-hmm. body part yeah, you know the, the geography of my toenail right yeah. and it's like but okay geography of my toenail is interesting but the like the like 
swimming pool of my lungs. It's just like, you know, this move. And then you're like, what are you doing? What? I mean, it's, I get, I get it. And mm-hmm. it worked. Some people it, it worked for it, but like, it's just, it's a, a contemporary move. And so it's really interesting to like experience, to be reading a lot of poetry, especially that's like contemporary happening now when you start to see the modes that we're all, we're all mm-hmm. like, if we're all absorbing the same thing, then we're all writing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not really on topic, but. Um, our podcast is about writing, so <laughs> yes, it is. Right. We'll take that diversion. <laughs> um, do you have a question? I feel like I've been talking a lot. Um, I probably did until you asked me that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to. Volley. Yeah. Is that a volley? Sure. Mm. It's a word for yeah. <laughs> Transitions. Which what are they talk like? More about feels. So many feels. feels. <laughs> oh yeah. There's another question on there that I we could ask too. I think I can't remember which one it is though. Oh, I mean, I, well, who I did you look up to as a young writer? Yeah, I think that's kind of boring. Okay. And you, well, sometimes it's boring, but you already kind of said some yeah, of your influences. I, on so. I hate when people ask me shit like that. Mm-hmm. Someone messaged me on Tinder. I'm deleting my Tinder. I'm deleting my Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered what writers are writers' favorite writers or something well, of that thing, and I just was like, why am I even on here? I hate every <laughs> single person. What are you a white dude in AWP reading? Like yeah, what the fuck? Like, for real. Yeah, or like I just want to say something mean, question. but I think uh, everyone asks me my favorite book, and I. It honestly is a defensive. It's that <laughs> should be what I say. That would definitely get rid of that. Was shut down or not? Or oh, oh, yeah, uh, you know I've heard it's a beautiful not a book. Good joke. Um, I feel like oh shit, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, what's your favorite book? Is a question I'm very defensive about yeah, I because I have no it. answer. I don't feel like a good reader, and I'm sensitive about. <laughs> I always feel like a sensitive about. <laughs> I always want to say when people say who's your favorite writer, I want to always want to say like I don't know all of them. I'm a writer. I just yeah. like I like a lot of I like right. everybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't, but I have like 15 favorite writers for different reasons. Right, but it's sort of like asking asking like an Olympian who their fav- favorite like Olympian is. They're going to mm. they're going to have a bunch of answers cuz they're going to Some of yeah. them are gymnast and right. some of them Shoot bow and arrows. Right. Yeah. So hard to choose. Impossible. What a great metaphor. You're welcome. We're keeping this in. <laughs> Total nonsense? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no blooper reel again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people are missing our blooper reel. It's, it's very possible, but that's their fault. They're mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> well, let's read the next poem. All right, you ready for some modern day feels? I'm so ready. Yeah, for I'm ready to learn the whole layout of your house. Woo. Give um, so give us a little bit of context for this one. Sure. This is um, so my partner uh, was deployed for basically a year mm-hmm. uh, in Poland, and um, this was our first and only deployment. Uh, in that uh, he is back, Never again. and not, we're not doing it again. So yeah. he had 20 years, and he will retire before leaving. Uh, me and making me sad um and so yeah so I was uh working on a series of poems during that time kind of about deployment and Mm -hmm. what it's like to be um 
to be the woman, I mean, you like, you know, so often, a time, not necessarily woman, actually, <laughs> I did a very elucidating Google search at some point in time saying like all of like, you know, what to do to deal with deployment, mm-hmm. uh, deployment sadness. Mm-hmm. And it was like, eat a salad. You still gotta be hot for your man when oh he comes God. home. And I'm like, oh, patriarchy. Fuck. So I was like, all of it was just like exercise, eat well, uh, take care of your kids. And I was just like, whoa. That's so gross. Yeah. So I did it. I did a Google search. And I was like, what to do when your wife is deployed? Thinking there would be different advice. Worth, no, there's oh. nothing. There's nothing there's on the internet. Literally oh. no there's literally no advice. There's not a single website that has advice. Oh, my. So. You know what? That means more men should start blogs. Yes, I can. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> if you're thinking about starting a blog, don't do it. <laughs> Unless it's for that. That would actually be helpful. <laughs> what I mean to say is I watched, I watched that very genuine suggestion from Stephanie cross across her face and Aaron almost say yes and then the realization is both at the same time that, that was the worst idea on planet Earth. Yeah. Uh, men what are things what the I blog really, edition. You're right. What I really mean is more military spouses or partners yeah. should start blogs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and be... Or forums. You know, what happened to forums? Yeah. yeah. Is Reddit the, the only forum now? Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring back the AOL chat room. Well, yeah, because it does seem to be that... Well, and that was a recurring theme, you know, this kind of harkens back to what Lance was talking about because he also found community online as well. And so I think that that... I think that that is important. And mm-hmm. I cannot believe that there was not even a single... Yeah, and well, and, and none of the sites were like actually helpful. Like they were all just like suck it up, Buttercup America, rah rah, uh, yeah yeah. And it was God. just like jingoism as healing. Yeah, and I'm just like, ah, that's not yeah right. Yeah. Which is ugh, yeah. Well, and especially in the America we're in right now, it's it, right. Yeah, well, not that America say, hasn't always been a certain right, level of shit, but, but it's also in this day, you know, yeah. in 2019, when everything's on the internet, mm-hmm. you would think that there would be. Yeah. Something. But yeah, that definitely feels, I mean, I, I think it shows again that there's just not the support system. Mm-hmm. People say support our troops, but don't actually support no. them in the ways that they need to be supported. No, mm-hmm. just like buying their like McDonald's and be like, yeah, right. good job, or I respect your service. It's like, yeah, but the thing is, like, the people who don't get that are the people, the family right. that are making sure that everything's still there, right? And you know, like, physically there right. still, and and it is that there there are people in family for them to come home to, right. and there's no war memorial for that, there's no mm-hmm. museum for that, mm-hmm. there's no rah rah service for that, right? Um, you know, it's it's all this invisible kind of work that's predominantly done by women, yeah, uh, that is uh, so often like just entirely ignored. Um, which is why I have put a moratorium on me going to war museums. Um, yeah. So like, you know, or, or battlegrounds or any sort of, jo- Joe knows this, he's fine. So, uh, <laughs> but I was just like, I just won't do it anymore because like there is so much erasure from all of the, yeah. uh, I mean, from lots of things, but within this context, there's so much erasure of that kind of work that is like, what about, you know, these people that are left behind? And yeah. I think that's, yeah. It's crazy. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you want to hear what were poem? we doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, Ready. So this poem uh, is called Freeze, uh, and it's day fourteen, so it's two weeks into the deployment, and it's freeze like a statue as opposed mm-hmm. to like freeze like cold. Um, freeze day fourteen. 
The dragonflies hatched last night, twin-winged ghosts in porch lights, still world wet and spinning, unsure whether to chase the bulb or wave. So much different from the doe, cock-eared and riverweed, staring at me through the glass door. We both stop and meet each other as statues of ourselves, her reflect in fear and thirst, and me dead from another night of missing you. The ice slips in the whiskey I am bringing outside, where earlier woodpeckers hammered out their rotary numbers, and the sky didn't know enough to threaten rain. I stand stupid, looking at the hushed beast whose mouth opens to the pond she wants, and I don't know then how to disappear enough for neither of us to see me, for one of us to feel safe to take what we need. Ooh. Ooh. Snap. Snap storm. Snap for that man. Oh. Every time I I've read this poem before. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Not spoiler. Didn't it get published recently? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, I was in Guernica. Guernica. Uh, that's right. Year. That's right. That's right. Ooh, we'll put that in our notes. Yeah. So people can find it. Um. Um. These deployment poems are great. Thanks. All of them. And wouldn't it be funny if you were like, man, I can't wait to write some great poems about Joe's deployment when it's all over. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yeah. Well, you wrote so many when Mm. it was, when you were still feeling the, when you were in it. Mm. You took that advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did. I did. Well, and this is very much, I was thinking about that when we were talking about earlier, is like that was very much the po- all of those poems are in the immediate space. Yeah. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, this happened like three months ago and I'm thinking about it now. It's like, this is the way I feel right, right. now. Yeah. These are the things that happen. Like, no, like, you know, it wasn't like I literally saw a deer and I was like, oh, I got to go write a poem because when you see a deer, you got to fucking write a poem. Everybody right. knows sure. that. That's yep. just poet logic. Then, then yeah. <laughs> and um, so the, so yeah, but I mean, it was something that had happened like, you know, a month before and like I thought about the woodpeckers yeah. like a couple days before. So like, the, all of those images aren't necessarily happening in that moment, but the um, but the feeling is um, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you can. I mean, that's clear. That comes mm-hmm. through in the poem. It feels so. And I mean, it is in present tense, so it mm-hmm. does feel really immediate. You feel like you're like experiencing these things as the speaker is experiencing them, um, which I think obviously works very well. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Did you, um, when you were writing these, so again, we're talking about them being immediate and feel in the depths of despair. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what role did poetry play for you during that time? Um, a lot. I mean, it was, you know, I was trying to, you know, work myself to death. That's my normal go-to when sure. everything is bad. So um, I read a lot. Um, I taught a lot of new books and uh yeah so I read I read a lot I taught a lot of new books uh I edited manuscripts with sundress um you know I read for a lot of our contests so like it's I'm in a constant state of um poetry projects in some capacity so whether it's reading uh applications for the residency program Mm -hmm. or reading uh manuscripts for chapbook or uh full length length and all of that so I'm kind of immersed in that world to begin with and I think it was really helpful um you know, I went back to a lot of the books that I really loved and kind of, like, pulled back for, to those um, as well. And I think that that helped in terms of, like, putting me both in, like, an emotional place for it, but also um, kind of calling back to some of the, like, times where, yeah. this, you know, I'd been in long-distance relationships before and, like, I'd written a lot about long-distance relationships and their problems and that's not it's a fairly common theme. So, sure, yeah. Um, so reading back to some of the stuff that I was reading at that point in time, help kind of 
put that in that box. That makes sense. Do you find, so, so then in terms of writing poems, like, because you were immersed in it anyway, it just, the writing poems was the logical thing to do? It is and it isn't. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm... I'm not a person, I'm not a good person to ask, like, what your writing okay. style is. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'll happily talk, talk about it, but it's usually like, I'm sad, I had one too many whiskeys, now there's a poem. Yeah, so, yeah, no. And, yeah. Um, I think that that's perfectly legitimate, and I'm, I think mm-hmm. I'm asking because I'm like, I am sad, mm-hmm. how do I, can I do the poem thing? You know, like, it's all coming from a place of, like, tell me your secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the secret, the conceit of this podcast is that it's us asking for advice. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell well, me about uh, what you did. <laughs> get a good whiskey, okay. um, so drink what? it, feel feels, and sure. uh, write something. Okay. What um, if we don't like whiskey? It gives us bad memories. Mm, Makes our noses burn. <laughs> That's all I got. So you really Only whiskey. You need whiskey a dark is the beverage. Um, yeah. Okay. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, like gin's just too happy for that. So mm. I do love gin. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what fun. about a red wine? <laughs> oh, okay. I think uh, red wine will just make you weepy, though, right? Like red yeah. wine. Just I mean, I've written some out. red wine poems. Fair. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting um, uh, case study. Mm. We sort of drunk on different uh, alcohol. See what their poems go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We definitely we, make this a weekend. We sort of did this once as a workshop, and it ended. <laughs> weird (laughs) no you did a cocktail making workshop that's a different thing what i'm arguing for is one night we just get shit house done red wine see what poems we make it could be at this exact table (laughs) do we need like a control group for this yeah i I feel like we do yeah i I don't know much about science i also (laughs) um besides your method recently does that make a hypothesis yeah yeah that's the first um, one but uh make your steps you have to make you have to write out your steps yeah Scientific the method. only thing that we're diverging very much, but the the thing that like whenever we have those composition notebooks um, oh, yeah. for retreats and stuff, that makes me think of biology class so much because we were required to get those <laughs> <laughs> composition notebooks, and that's how and we had to write in blue pen because um, science right well because black pen could easily be photocopied and or something you know it was something about like wow. plagiarism in the science community very strange and I was like we're 16, you can really what? do whatever you want as a teacher in <laughs> yeah, grade school they'll okay. just tell you anything they're like here are the supplies you need and this is why because mm-hmm. I say so anyway also I just remember that my mom listens to this podcast and I said shit house <laughs> <laughs> so Hi, mom. I, I rescind that comment <laughs> I mean responsibly drinking seltzer water mm-hmm. which flavors of LaCroix <laughs> bring out what emotion grapefruit makes me nutty <laughs> anyway what we're talking about <laughs> process <laughs> yes okay process so process but so okay but you said your process already yeah well I mean the other process is uh the you know CrossFit workshops that uh that we do here in town that the um which are basically and I highly recommend getting your friends together to do one of these um it's basically four it's four poems in three hours or five poems in four and you have 30 minutes to write you get everybody gives a different prompt there's a certain number of them you have to follow if you want to and then you write you share rinse repeat and so like for me um, because I am such a workaholic, I don't. I'm bad about giving myself space, space for yeah. writing, and uh, that does give me that space. And so, yeah. like you know, having those four poems, and then I edit them, and then I'll bring them to workshop, and then I'll look at them again, um, and then you know that's usually a several month process. Yeah, definitely. 
And then those, uh, then I start sending those poems out. And uh, Freeze uh, went through that workshop, or went through that same workshop kind of process. Yeah, as, mm-hmm. uh, as yeah I remember that. Too. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, we need to do another CrossFit soon. We do, I agree. It's been it's a while. Time. Boat CrossFit? Been a while. Yeah, <laughs> boat CrossFit. Pontoon CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Except paper, pen and paper on boats mm-hmm. sounds danger. Yeah, that is kind of a problem. Phones. Phone CrossFit, mm-hmm. harder to talk about. Anyway, we don't need yeah. to be planning, <laughs> planning our next event. Guys, here. how should we plan our pontoon uh, CrossFit? Tell us in the comments. There are no comments on podcasts. <laughs> Write it in the comments below. Mm-hmm. We watch too much YouTube. <laughs> yeah, for like 10 years. Info anyway. in the doobly-doo. Info in the doobly-doo. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like we haven't talked enough about this poem, so let's ask more questions about this poem. Okay. It doesn't have a whippoorwill, so True. big, big no step up. Whippoorwills, yes. so does have some woodpeckers, but yeah, I guess what I usually try to get at is, um, are there themes that you can see in this one that are things maybe you were trying to get at as a younger writer, but now you're getting at them better? I think we touched on that a bit with being in the moment, mm-hmm. um, with like having more um, work that's more immediate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's mean, a lot of nature or, or themes or, yeah. Yeah, well, and a lot of this, I mean, I, it, part of the reason I picked these two is I think they do pair in mm-hmm. some ways of, like, doing that. So you've got, like, the whippoorwill and the woodpecker. But, like, the whippoorwill in the first one's, like, weeping. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Birds don't cry. I don't know this. <laughs> I'm assuming birds don't cry. Google it later. Um, and, Oh, how yeah. cute would a bird tear be? Oh, mm, so tiny. Like a bald eagle crying about Aww. America. <laughs> circle <laughs> <laughs> that i'm sure you can google so mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i mean like the woodpeckers here are like doing something as mm-hmm. opposed to like crying they're like doing something physical they're making sound um like there's not it's not a lot of like you know flowery language right. it's like it's very similar and like you know outside there's a moon there's some birds sure, i'm missing yeah. somebody but like here it's like tied very much to like the land and the space and the action and sensory details and all of that fun stuff so. yeah so even the missing becomes embodied in a way that it wasn't mm-hmm. in, the, in that first poem. i think in a way that it was that i was trying to do yeah, but that i can, didn't know that i had no idea right. how yeah, yeah you can see that you're reaching for it in that first poem but it's just not quite uh, not quite there mm-hmm yeah, I think that the oh the tiniest kitten Mew. There were some kittens adopted last week, and they're mm, so cute. For our listeners at home, Bryn is about to cry because of this kitten Mew. He wants to come hang so out. So tiny. He wants to be on a podcast. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> yeah, things to say. For the record, this cat's name is the Cheesemonger, <laughs> which is the greatest name. The greatest name yes. in the world. Anyway, okay. We keep getting derailed. Well, it's because we're having such a good time. <sighs> yeah. And we've covered a lot. Look at, him. Look at his little face. Oh. <laughs> can you get him to meow in the microphone? We should try that later. Do you think? Go, oh, you can try. Oh, buddy, you can cut out dead space. <laughs> Hi, come here. The door's open. Cats don't understand glass. No, they do not. I read that. In an article once, and I just think about it all the time. It just there was just a sentence that just said it plain as day. Cats don't understand glass. <laughs> you want to be on the podcast? Okay, this is cheese. Do you have things to say, cheese? 
Oh, with that look, no. no things to say. Hey, buddy. The cat, cat is thoughts? not going to do what you want it to do. Your thoughts and feelings, chief. No. Anyway. Okay. I'm in heaven. Anyway, a I need, podcast. I need nothing else. <laughs> well, we usually end our podcast by... Oh, yeah. So many animals in here now. Two. We usually end by um, asking if there's anything you'd like to plug or yeah. talk about. What are you working on now? I know you have a book coming out I next do. year. Very soon. Mm-hmm. Is it next year? This year. This year. This year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Yep. That's uh, so soon. Yes. Yeah. It's weird. It's a. Uh, it's my. It's my third collection, but um, the poems are from a they're about my divorce which was like you know nine years ago um and but the poems took about you know three four years to write and then another couple of years to edit and then another couple of years of sending out so it's gonna be like whoa i can't wait to go on tour and talk about getting divorced that was fun yeah so wow. <laughs> yeah back in um, time yeah but um other than that uh just you know Getting excited about new books that are coming up with Sundress. Excited Woo! about reading for our open reading period. Um, and Yeah, uh, let's yeah. plug all the things. Yeah. Uh, well, number one, your book is called Down. Mm-hmm. The Alice poems. They're about Alice in Wonderland and divorce. So very exciting. Yeah. Um, as we read in the bio, it's going to be released by Agape Editions. So look out for that. Definitely. Um, and Sundress has an open reading period coming mm-hmm. up. Actually open right now through August 15th. Uh, we are also open right now for fall writers group residencies and spring uh, residencies uh, in the farmhouse, uh, partnering with Lambda Literary, where our very own Bryn Martin here will be serving as the judge. That's me. Yay. Yes. Um, and so if you want a, a centralized place to find all that information, where, where can they find you it? You can find all of it at sundresspublications.com. Yes. Follow yes. them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, Instagram. We used to have a Pinterest, but I don't know what's happened to that. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have started that Pinterest as an intern. That's a very fine chance. So um, ambitious. Mm-hmm. And check out Stirring um, yes. at stirringlit.com, yeah. uh, of which I am the art editor. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah! So uh, our next issue will be our twentieth anniversary issue of Stirring. And I'm guest editing. And Erin's oh, guest editing. So she returns. <laughs> So the issue is going to be full of all of our past contributors. Love that. Um, and hopefully the art will be from a lot of past contributors as well. Um, so I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to submit to Stirring, um, you'll have to hold up for a sec. So go to, what is it, stirringlit.com for more info on mm-hmm. that? That is the one. Yeah, it's exciting. Get excited. Yeah, and I mean, pretty much everyone and their mother has been published in Stirring at some point in time because we have been around for 20 years. Yeah. So. We got Hanif, baby. Yeah, and Lena Dunham. <laughs> don't and Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. The most infamous. Um, like, I think she was a undergrad at that oh time, gosh. like serious juvenilia. So please Man, also link that. in the show notes yeah. because I love that word. Hilarious. Juvenilia has been said so many times on our podcast. <laughs> it's quite an uncomfortable word. <laughs> yeah, it makes me feel a little, but you know, whatever. Um, turn it into a drinking game. Take a drink anytime Aaron says juvenilia. Hey, hello. That's my microphone, please. Um. <laughs> If there's any Guys, punks, it's because a cat is rubbing up against We the opened the door and the cats came in. Yeah. It's exactly it's what we asked for. Well, so you can find Erin and Sundress, um, like we said, at sundresspublications.com. You can find us at SFD Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also shoot us an email at sfdpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting emails. We love chatting with you. Um, 
And we just... And, yeah, give us five stars on iTunes or Google Play. Leave us a review. Please, yes. Um, I've heard on the internet that that helps you get noticed. And, and we uh, love being We noticed. love being noticed. <laughs> we love attention. Yeah. Um, we love you. Yeah. And if you like our podcast, tell all your friends. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. like we're gonna talk about other stuff. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah right into the mic next time please. <coughs> <laughs>